Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy, uh, what is it today? Uh, Today's Wednesday. Wednesday. It's over the hump day, as they would say in the broadcasting industry. <laughs> uh, is that the industry That's we're the, in? Yep. Okay, That's there you it. go. There's a lot going on, weird stuff going on, and then you just know that we're like, you know, leaning over and looking over the edge of a cliff on a tall mountain. You said something interesting before we started the show. Well, I'll let you say what you said. There's there's a lot of weird little stories out there, but they're just that, weird little stories. But you feel everything going on. You see the stuff in the news, people talking, going, World War Three, this and that. And when you add everything up, it just, it's like, we're at the doorstep mm-hmm. of a total, total catastrophe of some sort, whether it's political, whether it's... It's probably you know, how people felt on December 6th, 1941, you know, the day yeah, before be. Pearl Harbor. Something is not right. You mm-hmm. wake up and you go, something is not right in the world. Now, am I saying something's going to happen today or tomorrow? Maybe not, you know, um, I hope not, but there's so many things that can go wrong in the world right now. I mean, Russia once again saying, yeah, we're getting close to nuclear war. Uh, Putin, you know, has sat there and put a bounty out on, um, on Zelensky saying, I want his head, literally want his head. Well, a lot of strange things are happening with regard to NATO. I, I don't know that they've done it yet, but I know they're on the verge of allowing Sweden into NATO, and that was a deal breaker for Russia. They didn't want Sweden being a NATO member because it's right on the border. It would be like it would be like Mexico becoming a member of some pact that Russia was involved with or China. And there's no talk about that. They're just sort of letting that go, like, oh, well, Sweden's going to be a member of NATO. And now, I guess, this talk that uh, that. Ukraine wants to become a member of NATO, and as recently as like six months ago, they denied that would ever happen. You can't get Ukraine into NATO, no, no. All of a sudden, it's almost a, a deal. It's almost a deal. The the deal breaker being Germany. Germany doesn't want Ukraine involved with NATO because they realize that it would draw all of Europe into a physical shooting war. NATO is going to be the the reason, you know, it was the reason to not have any more wars, and now it's going to be the reason for the next war. Mm, well, think about it. You yeah. Know I mean, uh, and you're right with uh, Sweden, and now, you know, you, you've got uh, the Ukraine that wants it desperately. You know, are they ready for it? Do they mm. deserve it? Do we even need NATO anymore? North Atlantic Treaty Organization is what it stands for. It was developed for... Um, a defense, a unified front against uh, the Soviet Union, but there is no Soviet Union anymore. But they've carried that over into this new enemy, Russia. And, and, and Russia isn't the Soviet Union. It just isn't. Different people, different players. They'd like you to think it is, but it's not. Well, maybe the whole idea is for someone to conquer and colonize that whole, that whole area there. And we've got a president of the United States who um, just can't keep his mouth shut. He was coming out of a, I guess it was a press conference in the White House a couple of days ago, and the media started peppering him with questions. One of them was about 
uh, why are you going with the cluster bombs? Listen to what he said. Why now? Run out of ammunition. You hear what he said? He said, Run out of ammunition. Running out of ammunition. Now, you would think, okay, that was a, flip, a slip of the tongue. That was Joe. You know, he was walking out of a, a meeting and they kind of caught, cornered him with the, that question and he just he gave an, a quick answer. Maybe so, but. Around the same time, he sat down with CNN for a complete interview. Listen to this. What made you uh, change your mind and decide to give them these weapons? Two things, Fred. And it was a very difficult decision on my part. Uh, and by the way, I discussed this with our allies, discussed this with our friends up on the Hill. And uh, we're in a situation where Ukraine continues to be brutally attacked across the board by munitions by these cluster munitions that are have dud rates that are very very low i mean very high that are dangerous to civilians number one number two uh the ukrainians are running out of ammunition uh the ammunition that uh, they call them 155 millimeter weapons this is a this is a war relating to munitions and uh the running out of those that ammunition and we're low on it and so what I finally did, took the recommendation of the Defense Department to, not permanently, but to allow for in this transition period where we get more 155 weapons, these shells for the Ukrainians, to provide them with a, something that has a very low dud rate. It's about one, I think it's 150, which is the least likely to be blowing. And it's not used in civilian areas. They're trying to get through those trenches and those, then stop those tanks from rolling. And so, uh, but it was not an easy decision, and it's not. We're not signatories to that that agreement. But I, um, it took me a while to be convinced to do it. But the main thing is they either have the weapon to stop the Russians now from their, keep them from stopping the Ukrainian offensive through these areas, or uh, they don't. Okay, so what? We know now is it wasn't a slip of the tongue. He meant it. He said it because mm -hmm. he said it right there in a one-to-one -one interview. And then he says this line, this is a war related to munitions. Would, would you tell me what war isn't related to munitions? I mean, every war out there since the beginning of, uh, of wars have uh, required a munition of some kind, swords, spears, right. rocks. Every war needs munitions. You run out of them, and you're into hand-to-hand -hand combat with nothing. I didn't think that we were in this fight, because a fight and a war are two different things. And But the fact that he called it a war, and, and basically we're supplying the munitions for it, that means when you wrap it all together, whether you want to believe it or not, we're in war. We're at war. And uh, he had uh, made a statement on something else, you know, as a warning to sit there and say, you saw how long it wa it took to Lithuania uh, the second time that Russia stepped in there, how long it took us to get thousands of troops there. It didn't take long at all, which means he's threatening, you know, that we are about to ready to, if we don't already have them there, send troops over. We have troops right now in border countries already. Right. There's no sending them over. They're there. You know, they're, they're already there, yeah. They could be so there. So we're going to deploy them to hand-to-hand -hand fight with not the Ukrainians, but Russia, our big foe. That puts us in war, 
And that doesn't take, well, maybe they're just bluffing with the nukes. Now the bluff is gone. This is not a good guy. I'm, I'm just saying he is not. You know, any guy who is, who is fueling a war, uh, like he's fueling this war, I mean, no talk of peace, no talk of a pathway to, uh, to a, a calm Europe, a peaceful Ukraine. Nope. All he wants to do is send more guns, more munitions. To think that we as a country have sent so many uh, artillery shells to this, this conflict that we're now in jeopardy ourselves, meaning we don't have enough in this country to take care of our needs it speaks volumes. And also, I would say, uh, what is it with our country that we can't keep our supply chain going like, let's say, we could during World War II? During World War II, you know, when we got into the war, we right. weren't prepared. We didn't have a system in place, and we didn't have the, uh, the, the factories making the tanks and the airplanes. We had to gear up for that. And we did it in incredible record uh, time. I mean, we we went to f- some Ford plants that were making cars. Before you know it, they were making airplanes in the same plant. You know, there were mm-hmm. Chrysler plants that were making uh, motors that all of a sudden they were making transmissions for tanks. Um, and, and it it was it, yeah. it was it was in John Deere, what yeah. in Iowa? They were they were part of the war machine. Uh, that was a lot of money for them. You know, and well, so yeah, why you is it, why can't we do that now, Bill? Well, we can and probably will, but why do we need to be in the war machine altogether? Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is, if we're already in this system, if we're supplying all these munitions, you would think that somebody in the Pentagon, you know, would have a master chart of what we have and what we've sent, and and it, you it would fluctuate. You know, we live in the time of computers where everything well, is instantaneously at your fingertips, you would think somebody in the Pentagon would say, hey, guys, uh, if we don't start making some more uh, shells, well, we're going to be out of shells by late August. Yeah, well, look what we got in the White House. We got old Yeller, uh, Joe. Uh, we got Kamala. We got Buttigieg. You know, we've got, uh, this is romper room running the country. And, you know, all they can do is while everything is going on out there, there are, what, 17 damning tapes about Joe and his crime family. Mm-hmm. But the DOJ will not release them. Oh, what tapes? Yeah, but well, they're there. We know they exist. But in the meantime, his Justice Department is spending most of its time trying to get Trump. Uh, Biden Justice Department reverses course, says yep. Trump. Trump can be held personally liable in E. Jean Carroll's defamation lawsuit. They want him so desperately to be in well, prison. See, and they're saying in the rape trial, let me just explain one thing to anybody that's a new listener or a lefty that's out there that likes to send nasty things. Uh, the, you know, the, the end of that last case, they said there was no rape. So let's take that out of your vocabulary, all right? There was no rape. There was no crime. And that's that. So this defamation thing, you are grabbing at every damn straw that you can to try to make hay out of something. And you would think after six years, seven years, that you haven't, you know, latched onto anything. All you've done 
is sling mud. Oh well, that's the purpose, right there. Sling mud, mm-hmm. sling poop. There, there are a bunch of there are a bunch of orangutans in a cage, you know, and th- that's what they do. They, I think what she's claiming now is that he he defamed her. He yeah, defamed her. Now, she mi- mind her a you, whack job. now mind you, nobody ever heard of her until this trial. This E. Jean Carroll. I mean, she was basically uh, anonymous, and all of a sudden she's defamed. I would submit that if anybody was defamed in this whole process, it's the former uh, president of the United States of America, the 45th president. I mean, that's where we should be looking, I would think. This is, this is a guy who has much more to lose than E. Jean Carroll. She looks like an opportunist. And, you know, mm-hmm. but she's being backed by this corrupt. And I don't think there's any other way of describing them. They are corrupt, this uh, Justice Department. They, they're not the Justice Department that we used to depend upon. They have become an arm of the left, they, an enforcement arm of the left. Look what they did to this guy Luft over in Europe, uh, the whistleblower who came out and said he has all this information about Hunter Biden. And he, he put him, he had to, he's on the run right now, folks. They don't know exactly where he is. And I don't blame him for running because I think these people want him dead. And, you know, he, oh, yeah. he wouldn't be running. I would think he wouldn't be running unless he felt the same way. Well, he's running because he's suicidal. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's kind of, he's trying to keep himself away from sharp objects. Yeah, um, yeah and, and, and bed sheets and belts. And, yes. Um, amazing, though. Uh, we have got such a corrupt system in place right now. And, and you know, they, they used to be subtle about it. There used to be a time when uh, you really wondered, no, the Justice Department wouldn't do that. Because look at them, they're, they're so above board. But now, this guy Luff comes out last week with a videotape, or was the week before last, and he comes out with a tape, mm-hmm. and he says to the Justice Department, he says to him, look, if you got something on me, indict me, and, and then publish the indictment so the world can see what a scam this is. And what happens? Less than a week later, they indict him. Mm-hmm. They They don't care whether... The world knows that uh, they're just using it as a weapon against this guy. They don't care what you think. They don't care what I think. They don't really think they work for us anymore. No. And as a matter of fact, what will happen is as soon as they get him and lock him away or something bad happens oh, to him. He'll be Epstein. They, 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 yeah. They'll make a phone call, turn the switch off on that news story. It's gone. Boy, isn't that the truth? I mean, you know, we talked about this a couple of days ago, but that uh, uh, that guy with that uh, digital currency, Sam Bankman-Fried, mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that, the, that was the top of the news for about three or four days, and then somebody said, uh, there's too many people involved with, with a lot of money, so that has to be removed from all mentions in the news from this point on, and somebody mm-hmm. dutifully pulled all that out. And, and now nobody can... Tell what's happening with that case, if anything's happening at, at all. I mean, I couldn't tell you whether they dropped the case. And we follow the news every single day around here. There's nothing. Yeah, I haven't seen squat on that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely squat. So it's it's kind of scary what's going on. but And that's why I say we're on the, you know, uh, we're on the edge of something big happening. And it's going to happen. But, you know, there's enough stupid stories out there. Um, 
that will uh, keep us distracted. Now, the one that I, the one stupid story that I find interesting, apparently they've detected something underground on the moon. You know, we have these sensors that do that. Yeah. That um, is producing heat and I guess radiation. So that means there's some kind of mechanical thing. It's going to be interesting. You know, we know haven't Ro- seen the back end, the dark side of the moon. So maybe, it, maybe it's just a facade. You know what a facade is? A false front. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's, yeah. maybe there's machinery behind <laughs> the the dark side of the moon. It's uh, well, you know, China tried to get up there. They had a problem. Russia tried to get up there. They had a problem. It's, it's, you know, it's never been refuted that we could have lied about our landing on the moon. Um, but then again. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, well, all of a sudden, there's a big race. I mean, you got Russia, you got China, of course, the U.S. Elon Musk going to the, the the moon. I think there's another private individual out there, and now India just fired up a rocket. The story that gets me is the one you mentioned about uh, weather manipulation, the, mm-hmm. the manipulation of the weather, which people would laugh at as recently as only a couple of years ago. But you know, I think they're doing it. I think they've they've worked on methods to manipulate the weather, and there are things happening around the globe that haven't happened in recent times, if ever. I mean, floods in certain cities in Japan—you probably have seen them on on the news in the past few days—that have never been flooded. We've had the, the, that Bill said the Sahara dust from the Sahara yeah. Desert has come across the Atlantic Ocean up through Central America and is coming into the United States. Into places like like Florida too, yeah. Isn't there a dam out west, Utah, or something like that? Yep, it's a foot That's away a, from from capping out, right? Yeah, that was yesterday, and uh, I had somebody call me going, "Yeah, at least my property is safe, you know, in the flood zone there." And I'm going like, you know, that dam breaks, nobody's safe. Yeah, that's true, and you know, and we're not talking about it right now, but. How about those fires in Canada? Are we still getting those things? I think we are, because we still get, we still get these warnings about uh, air pollution, uh, elevated air pollution problems in our area. It's not from the steel mills in Pittsburgh, friends, because they stopped doing that a long time ago. Uh, Pittsburgh's air has been pretty good, the, the western Pennsylvania region. This is coming from those fires in Canada, yet it's not the news anymore. You know, the problem with the news is that they have the interest of a dog chasing a squirrel. It sees the squirrel, and it goes after it until it sees another squirrel, and then it goes after that. It doesn't follow up with the stories anymore. They they all pretend to have the news for you. This is breaking news. Everything, by the way, is breaking news in the news business. There's no more regular news. I mean, they start off their local news with the, 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 the flashcard on the screen, breaking news. And some of the stories just aren't worth it, you know. Breaking news, that cat that we reported at 6 o'clock on the uh, tree at the you know, 47th Street has been removed. You know, it's like, who cares? But everything is breaking news they, because they think you won't pay attention if you don't see something like that on the screen. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, we came from a time, you and I came from a time when you had a bulletin. If you ran a bulletin on the news, uh, I mean on the air, it was a major item. Something big was happening. You were not allowed to sit there even in advertising. Mm-hmm. Do anything that sounded like a news alert. That's right. You know, you would get, well, you'd get a fine for it if you got caught. 
But what the hell happened to that? Now your news you know, director all, would go nuts. <laughs> now it's all news sensationalism. Yes. Every story does not have to be a story. It can just be, you know, it's pure fantasy. You know, but you know what? It gets attention, and then they can drop it like a hot potato so, and move on to the next fantasy story. What that means, if every story is a major story, then no story is a major story. Think about that for a second. If they make everything the most important thing out there, it becomes ordinary. It just becomes ordinary. You you don't find it being unusual anymore. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where we are. I mean, this is Sam Bankman-Fried guy with, with the digital currency, the 10... Was it $10 billion that he built people out of their savings and money? And supposedly some very big investors had their money tied up with this guy. And this guy was living in a lap of luxury down in, uh, I guess, the Caribbean in some palatial estate was surrounded by a bunch of women. And this guy didn't know where the money was going. And all he knew is that he kept buying politicians. And that's mm -hmm. why... That's why I just don't trust either side anymore. This is just terrible. I mean, I just don't. I hear these guys, Bill, saying, I hear these guys saying, um, we're going to have a hearing on this. Our committee's very concerned about this. And I'm thinking, oh, come on. Enough of the pontificating. Let's, let's see some action. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Do something. Well, you would think they would. Another story that I saw relating to this one, mm -hmm. uh, it was actually a, it was an observation. I was sitting in a waiting room at, at a doctor's appointment, and they had some show on. It was a talk show. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they were talking about the news and then social media and how people are, uh, are being, you know, because they're into social media, they're being misled. And they didn't say the right, but they were referring to that, saying, well, you know, People just need to live their lives and focus on the network news oh. and and leave mm -hmm. the social media and and what you see there and what you hear there out of it. And I'm like going, boy, that's an interesting move right there where they're attacking the social media because, you know, conservative is, a, you know, the conservative movement resides not only in social media, Mm -hmm. But maybe in uh, AM radio, which was attacked, but, you know, it's still hanging on. Um, but they're trying to take away our platform, our vocal platform. It says that they're desperate. It says that you're actually making a difference. It says we're making a difference by doing what we're doing. Bill and I were talking before the show. We've mentioned this a couple of days ago that our uh, downloads for this program alone have just it's going through the roof. People are finding the program from in the darndest places. We've found out that our program is being played on sites we've never heard of. We don't even oh, know yeah, how they got there. Yeah, when you go and research, um, it's another day. Just it's another day with Jim and Bill. You know, you get a complete page, page and a half, two pages, and now we we reside on our website and in Podbean. Mm -hmm. So those are the number one and two sources or equally number one sources to get us. But there are many others there, and some of them sometimes outweigh our main source. And I'm going like, I started seeing places I'm going, and I don't care. You know, any streamer can pick up the show and put it out there. Thank you very much when you do. But I don't know who they are. They're, they're, like they're doing an amazing job over there because we're getting out to places 
we never dreamed where to where to get out to. We mentioned the list yesterday of countries that have people downloading our show, and we didn't send it there. It just mm-hmm. it takes on a life of its own. But I think that the that move to try to get people to go back to the networks and trust the the three brand, uh, major networks is desperation. First of all, I wouldn't trust them as far as I could throw them anymore. I mean, like for, for example, NBC, right? NBC, oh, right? NBC. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they want you to be oh so glad to be getting your news from from NBC, but they're also the parent company of MSNBC, which is nothing but propaganda. Nothing but leftist rants and raves. And uh, they want you to believe that they're neutral at NBC, but they're not. They're not. Um, CBS, ABC, no, no. As a matter of fact, look what they've done to Fox. I found something interesting out uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I guess it was Tucker who made some comments about the elections and uh, he had some really uh, second thoughts about their validity. And right. he talked about uh, uh, players. He, I think he named BlackRock as one of them. Do you know BlackRock, that big investment company that, yeah. that owns so much of the world? Uh, uh, they doubled down on their investment. Apparently, they uh, upped the ante of their investment in Fox News just before Tucker was shown the door. This is what I heard. This is from a news item I read yesterday. So... There are players out there with deep pockets who have political beliefs who work desperately on a day-to-day basis to manipulate what you think and what you believe. Uh, you know me. what? I, I think I said there was something out west. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's the Vermont uh, dam that is one foot away from uh, failing. So there you go. Well, I'm, I'm, glad you cleared, I'm glad you cleared that up. Yeah, um, I was just looking at the story there, and I was going, well, I don't want somebody... Uh, you know, going. You don't know what he's talking about. I was recalling the story, and I'm just saying, there you go. Um, Disney, uh, that used to be that fam- family-friendly company that we all loved. You know, Bambi and uh, Alice in Wonderland and Cinderella. All these wonderful Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. All these wonderful family-friendly programs that you used to take your kids to because you trusted that they would be safe places to. Uh, to take your children to, well, uh, they're having some problems because they they've been going in a different direction. Let's just put it to, for mm-hmm. example, there's a new TV series coming out on Freeform on July 21st. Uh, I believe it's called Praise PD. Praise PD. It's uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on uh, Freeform. And by the way, when they put a new cartoon program on at 10 o'clock at night. Usually that's a sign that it's really not for the kids, folks. It's for the adults. And mm-hmm. this is not the exception. Apparently in Praise Petey, uh, it talks about uh, a character who inherits uh, a cult from his fa- her father, a cult movement from her father. In the cult movement, uh, they practice drinking blood and killing human pe- human beings, human sacrifice. Uh, I'm going to play a few a few seconds of uh, the promo for Praise Petey. Listen. It's morning again. The sun is shining. The goats are screaming. And I'm still here.
here despite the fact that last night I witnessed someone get ritualistically murdered by my dad's cult that I just inherited. <laughs> oh, here we go. What the f I'm Petey. I had it all. Mother! Here. What's this? It's a message from your father. It's me, your father! The community of New Utopia is all yours. I just needed to figure out my place in my dead dad's weird town. Uh, I'm walking here. The great daughter! She's arrived! I know it's a lot of noise, a lot of noise, and there's a lot of visuals here, but uh, it is... It is not your stereotypical Disney cartoon series. Uh, it, it, I mean, it shows, for example, she inherited a blood-drinking cult from my father, and he goes, here he goes, and he pulls uh, a knife out of its scabbard, and all of a sudden he brings it down, and you know what he's doing. He's killing a human being. And, and mm. then it shows a group of people around the camera holding chalices in their hands, and obviously they're drinking blood. And I'm thinking these people, they don't give a damn who sees what they do, you know, but they don't care. No, they're, they're trying to bring it into the norm is what they're doing because they're convincing kids that this is the norm. And even some of the adults out there, because don't think for a minute that when Disney or cartoons are on, you know, the parents don't hear it. And if they hear it in the background, it's subtle brainwashing is all it is. They're conditioning us. Yeah, and I would imagine a lot of parents figure, oh, it's a Disney cartoon. I can go upstairs and do the downstairs and do the laundry or something. You know, and I'll let Junior watch the cartoons. It's a good babysitter. Don't. Yeah, I was just going to say, don't babysit your kids with the TV anymore because obviously it's proven itself to be not worthy of that task. I I guess uh, I just don't understand the attraction to this cult. Apparently, there must be something because. From what I've been reading recently, uh, Hollywood is big into this um, uh, child uh, pedophilia thing, more so than you can imagine. You know, these people have too much time on their hands in Hollywood. I mean, mm -hmm. they make an incredible amount of money for a short period of time of work. You may say, what do you mean, Jim? Well, I mean, let's say hypothetically uh, you're in a movie that is a blockbuster and you're making five, six, seven million dollars for this picture. It may only take you uh, three or four months of your dedicated time to work on this picture. And then you've got a big fat paycheck and you're sitting around the house and you're wondering what to do. So friends call you and say, I got to come over and see this group that I'm a member of. That has to be the case because right. how else do these people get involved with this nonsense? Have you seen a picture of Madonna recently? Uh, she didn't I, look good. I, I, I mean, I saw a picture, Bill. She had a problem last week, and I sh sincerely hope she's still having a problem, though. I sincerely hope she recovers from this because uh, last I heard, they she was out for a walk in New York. I guess that's where she's recuperating, New York mm -hmm. City. Um, but this young woman used to, I think, be a kind of attractive. But she's had so much surgery done, I think, on her, on her face, it doesn't look real anymore. And she had, for example, this bridge work done on her teeth. Uh, it's like it borders her teeth with, like, silver. And when she smiles, it has a satanic look about it. 
nothing sexy or attractive about it. Nothing. And I'm thinking, why? Why are you doing this? You have all the money in the world. What's the reason for you to continue in this direction? It doesn't make sense unless they're into something we're not into. Well, I mean, obviously she's tr she chased youth with uh, a blade and uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, a rolled-up Hyundai, you know, with uh, for the cocaine because she was into drugs. She was, you know, she had the party life. Well, and you pay for it at some point in time. And she looks like she's been like, you know, the old horse in the stable, rode hard and put up wet. She's tough. I mean, wow. just, uh, I don't, life has not been good that way. There are people out there who are saying, have you seen any pictures recently of, uh, like, Taylor Swift? You know, when these people first came out and became stars, there was a softness and a beauty about them that was natural. They had a, a talent that was natural. Somewhere along the way, they get influenced by the wrong people, I think. And uh, they talked about, I have not seen it, but I've seen pictures of, I've seen video clips of a scene apparently in one of her uh, live performances where she has uh, a lot of red light and she comes out with ram's horns on her head and, uh, you know, has a satanic, a deep satanic look about it. Now, maybe mm -hmm. that's just, you have to understand something. These people are influenced by their set designers and their choreographers and all that stuff. There's a lot of people who who are, who say things to these stars. They say, oh, we got to give this a, a, something that will make it pop. we got to give this right. scene something that will make people want to tell their friends about it, right? So why don't we do this? And some of these artists aren't the sharpest tools in the, sh in the shed, you know, right. they can be easily influenced by the wrong people. So I'm not saying that the artists per se are the in initiators. It could be people behind the scenes, influences on them, you know. Um, but anyway, I, I, uh, I don't understand why Hollywood, for example, is complaining so much about this movie, uh, Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom came out, and, uh, you know, it's not per se a, a movie with a specific agenda, yet mainstream media is trying to tell you and I that it's uh, got a QAnon agenda, right? No such thing. It is not QAnon-based. First of all, you, you have to understand there's no such thing as QAnon. Holly, uh, the news will tell you QAnon influence and the QAnon member and QAnon um, rallies. QAnon, there is no QAnon. There's a character on social media called Q, who is somebody who does essentially predictions and points out political things that he thinks is important. I mean, nobody knows who he is. He's some uh, unknown guy in the background. And then there are people who follow his social media and they they refer to him in com they they refer to themselves in comments as anonymous. Mm -hmm. They're Q anon Q anon. It, it, they're two separate words almost. Q. No, but it gave the left uh, a label that they could put out there and uh, you know hang you from it because that's all they're doing. They're just sitting there. They're trying to you know make it like we're a cult group and we're not. If there's any cult group out there. It's the left. Yeah. Well, this, this, uh, they're trying desperately to destroy a movie, which I haven't seen yet, but everything I hear about it is that you got to see it. 
Sound of Freedom. I'm going to see it eventually. Uh, but I got to tell you, I haven't been to a movie in three years uh, because of the pandemic. And, you know, it becomes almost a habitual where you don't want to go into a theater anymore. You know, it's been so long that you stayed out of theaters and stayed out of places like Now, you didn't do that. And I applaud you for that because you uh, lived yeah, your I've life. Been, I've been to movies and, uh, you know, I made a decision, you know, back yeah. in, uh, you know, 2020. I just said, screw it. I'm living my life. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and I applaud you for it because it has served you uh, well over the past three years. But I eventually will see the movie. I'm sure that at some point it'll be available online. At the very least, I will watch it there. Um, but I, I got to think that I'll see it beforehand. Uh, but the movie is being being criticized by these lame, uninformed people on CNN. CNN had a I don't have the audio, but I watched this guy being interviewed on CNN. And the CNN person is, is talking about this ridiculous movie, Sound of Freedom. And uh, it, it's uh, it, the claims are false. And, and then they get this expert who, I, by the way, I've never heard of the expert they interview. He's supposed to be somebody important, I guess. But all he's doing is criticizing a movie he obviously hasn't seen. Well, that seems to be a thing that the Democrats do. I mean, I got to... Well, I'm not going to say a good friend anymore, uh, an old acquaintance in the business and pretty big consultant in the business. But he takes time to, if not listen to the show, at least read the heading on the show every day so he can attack it. Mm -hmm. And that's all the left does is attack, attack, attack. And they attack with stuff that, you know, you might have wanted to, you might wanted to have uh, vetted that well, story before you, you threw it out there. Let's see. Anybody who is... Uh, who likes this movie is somebody who doesn't believe in pedophilia, doesn't believe in child trafficking, doesn't believe in uh, organ harvesting of children or anybody for that matter. I mean, that's what we stand for. So the people who are criticizing us do stand for they 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 they're they're all in favor of that's harvesting exactly right and adrenochrome and all of that. And it's good that they're identifying themselves because we know who to sweep up. When, uh, you know, the people that are, I don't want to say right-minded, I don't want to say that, people with common sense and human values finally take back control. Bill, in 2014, nine years ago, CBS did a whole segment, a positive segment on Tim Ballard. The guy is the key character in the movie The Sound of Freedom. I think he's the right. character that uh, Jim Caviezel plays. Tim Ballard. Here's the audio from that uh, report. Listen. Major sex trafficking ring in Colombia, which has become a destination for tourists looking for sex with boys and girls. The police had help from an American who went undercover to rescue the children. And Elaine Quijano met him. Tim Ballard has one mission, to track down child traffickers. Four months ago, Colombian authorities asked him to investigate a tip that children were being sold there as sex slaves. Within a half hour, this individual walks up to me, starts asking me what I'm here for, what I want, and within minutes, he says, well, I've got, I've got kids as young as 11 years old. Ballard, a former Homeland Security agent, now heads up Operation Underground Railroad, a nonprofit group that rescues trafficked kids. After that first meeting, the Colombians asked him to put together a sting. Um, no men will be in here, only women. 
Operation Underground Railroad spent months planning, renting this house, rigging it with hidden cameras to document the crime, coordinating with Colombian authorities, and negotiating with the traffickers. How they find these kids is they lure them in by pretending to have a modeling agency. They target them at 9 or 10 years old. And they were telling us that about by 11, they're ready for sex. They're ready to be sold. What is that like, looking into that kind of person's eyes? It, it, it's horrifying, and this is why. Because I've got a smile in the face of evil. This is the table where we're going to do the negotiation. Less than 24 hours after the operatives landed, the suspected traffickers arrived on the island, and the final deal with the undercover team began. 54 boys and girls aged 11 to 18 were ushered in for what had been billed as a sex party. They were given candy and drinks and told to wait in this small room. This, this little 11-year-old boy, I remember, he asked one of my operatives if they could give him some cocaine or something. That they, he said, they usually give me something because I'm really scared. By the time the deal was done, the alleged traffickers were set to make $25,000. That transaction was never completed. 25 Colombian special operatives stormed the party, arresting five suspects, four men, and one former beauty queen, all charged with child trafficking. The victims, 29 of whom are under 18, were evacuated, given medical exams, and placed in a rehabilitation center where specialists are working to undo the damage. Right before I got on the boat, we had to walk by the, this room where the kids were, and they put their hand up. And I touched their hand. And see that there's liberation now. Liberating one child at a time. Elaine Quijano, CBS News, New York. Now, mind you, that was a segment on CBS Evening News, you know, mm-hmm. nine years ago. Now, these same news organizations are berating and cutting down the uh, movie The Sound of Freedom because they say the story is fiction. But yet, I heard an interview with uh, Tim Ballard, the young guy, and I say young guy, I think he's probably in his 40s, but he looks young and he's in great shape. And I heard him. He, he was asked to comment about uh, the criticism from mainstream media, and he said it's absolutely based on the truth. Not a, not a fact in this movie is made up for the sake of drama. He says this is how it is, and this is how it, it, it's, it's going every day. It's, it's happening every single day in the world we live in right now. As you and I live our normal life somewhere in this world, some young child is suffering at the hands of human trafficking, and and we just don't see it. We move along, and if, if this movie is doing anything, it's shining a light on this. But if people don't want to see the light, and uh, that, that, that's not to well, sound like you know, cliche, the, but... Well, $40, $40 million worth of tickets sold the first week, that's amazing for a motion picture. Um, this is a movie that sat on the shelf, they said, for five years. I, I thought it was two. But I hear five years has sat on the shelf. That being said, there are reports out there. I don't understand this, but then again, I, I kind of do. I shouldn't say that. The movie's being played in a number of major chains around the country. And uh, one of them, I guess, is AMC. Mm-hmm. And there are reports like this coming out. So, Donna 
know if any one of you have already been to see The Sound of Freedom, but my friends and I just walked out. Hi. And we are curious what your experiences were in the movie theater because we pre-ordered our tickets, paid for them, they were claimed, got the links in. This is an AMC theater in Pineville, North Carolina. Some point today, the tickets got refunded to my friend and we couldn't figure out why. So we come anyways to the theater after dinner and they're like, oh, well, we refunded all the tickets because there's no air conditioning in our theaters. Okay, whatever. We don't care. Are you still showing it? Yeah, you can, you can still watch it. So we get to thinking, why did they not send out a notice in the email saying, hey, we refunded your tickets because there's no air conditioning. Um, and we just are curious, why, they, why, why didn't they let us know? There was no one in that theater. There was us four and four other people, eight people in the theater. Now, it would be one thing if this was an isolated incident, but apparently it's happening all over the country. Yeah, what they're doing is they're trying to stifle the numbers because they saw it's out of hand. So let's just, for a minute, just go, well, uh, how many people have they snookered out of going to see the movie because they figure if they suppress it for a while, right, it'll lose its impact. That's it'll it. get out of, out of the theaters. So let's just say that that had a seven-fold effect. You know, it's so interesting you should say that because by refunding the money, it it uh, negates the sale. And mm-hmm. so when they report to the different organizations that do statistics about uh, performance of the movie, they can say, well, the movie was down this week because our sales were this as opposed to that. You know, when in reality, they had the sales, people were going to the movie, it's you that stopped them from seeing the picture it's you, the theater owner, who refunded them and sent them on their way. So the theater owner that refunded, uh, well, you know, you're talking AMC is a national chain. So how did they get compensated and make up for the loss of that, that money from that movie? Because I would think mm-hmm. no harm for the company really in reality to air the movie or show the movie. So I if would... you're going to lose... I would think, Hundreds of millions. Here's the thing. This goes back to Hollywood. Hollywood says, look it, uh, we can get you all the first-run movies for the rest of the year coming to your theaters first. You'll have first dibs on all the blockbusters if you help us out here. We want this, we want this movie stopped. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. Well, and, and they'll threaten them. If you don't help us here... You know, we'll we'll let everyone know where you stand, and the, they'll threaten them with a boycott. Well, you won't get you know? the first run pictures anymore. We'll get you, we'll get your movies uh, on the second go round or the third go round with the, with the the movie. You won't get uh, the top billing movies that generate revenue. We'll hurt your chain, and uh, I, I would imagine just that alone would uh, be suffice. It would get these theater owners, a lot of them, to. Uh, follow dutifully along, you know, and, and fudge the numbers. This movie is not going to stop based upon one theater chain or two theater chains. I, I, you know, this is the kind of movie I really think they haven't seen their top dollar yet because 
at some point they're going to release it to the home market to to uh, streaming sites and stuff like that, and they're going to make an incredible amount of money. I agree with that. A lot of people. I totally agree. A lot of people who uh, haven't gone to the movies or don't go to the theater anymore. There are a lot of people who just wait and they're saying, oh, I'll wait a couple of months, three months, and I'll watch it when it comes to uh, to cable. Well, but it might not because if they're stifling the theaters, they're going to stifle cable. Uh, and the only thing you can do is pay attention because if you pay attention and see that going on, you know, give give that left culture a dose of their own medicine. Well, I point, and, I point to Rumble. Rumble yeah. uh, has, a, a, I guess, I forgot what it was called. But they have a pay streaming uh, addition to Rumble, uh, mm-hmm. and the movie Two Thousand Mules, I believe, was streamed on that site. I can't think of what it was called, uh, but Two Thousand Mules made a lot of money for a movie that never saw a, a screen in the theater anywhere. Uh, right, and I would think that all you have to do is get the word out that if you want to see this movie, forget the typical sites. I mean, it probably won't be on Netflix. It probably won't be on Apple Plus or Paramount Plus or Peacock or or Amazon. It will probably only be on a dedicated uh, web page somewhere, but you'll still be able to see it. And the only way they'll right. stop you is by uh, bringing the internet down. Well, that's a possibility. <laughs> I keep hearing rumors of that. Yeah, so. I do too. I was waiting for you to say that. Um, anyway, uh, Jake Sullivan was uh, in a press conference. You know, Jake Sullivan is one of the... Uh, I guess, big uh, spokespeople there at the White House. A reporter confronted him about that story about we talked about at the top of the show, Gail Luff or mm-hmm. Gal Luff. And they went through this long dissertation, and um, they the Justice Department indicted uh, uh, Luff on Monday, just a week after he released that video, and they wanted to get an opinion from uh, Sullivan about uh, that indictment. Here's what he said. I've not seen that and can't comment on it. <laughs> I've not seen that and can't comment on it. Have you ever noticed that the Biden administration, Corrine Jean-Pierre, uh, Kirby, Sullivan, boy, when they don't want to talk about something, they just say, uh, I haven't seen it, can't comment on it. I refer you to this, I refer you to that. They shut it down. They shut down the conversation. That's it. It's done. It's over. Forget about it. Yep. They and, s- if you, and if you keep bringing it up, they're going to give you a look and they're going to walk away. Yeah. So some press secretary, you know, she is, and uh, or public spokesperson, somebody else is. Yeah, Sullivan just looks into the camera. I've not seen that and can't comment on it. <laughs> Bull Pucky. Uh, He's yeah. seen it. He knows. and. <laughs> Yep. He just doesn't know how to cover up for it. That's what it is. But you know what? He will come back and correct himself because somebody will come up with the narrative. I got something here from an old friend of yours, Glenn Beck. Uh, he was had an interesting little uh, talk about something I guess the World Economic Forum is working on. They're talking about uh, creating for each and every one of us a digital ID. A digital ID. This is not something which is like uh, futuristic and something way off in the uh, distance. This is something which is right down the road. This is what Glenn Beck had to say. Listen. For those who think the Great Reset is not going to control every aspect of your life, let me give you a couple of things. They are now taking the next step to shape global, regional, and industry agendas, end quote. 
with a new digital ID system. Under the framework, the WEF proposes collecting data from many aspects of people's everyday lives. That's a quote. Through their devices, telecommunication networks, and third-party service providers. The WEF suggests that this data collection dragnet would allow a digital ID. Now listen to this. It's very narrow. It would allow a digital ID to scoop up data on people's online behavior, purchase history, network usage credit history, biometrics, names, national identity numbers, and medical history. Plus, your travel history, social accounts, e-government accounts, bank accounts, energy uses, health stats, education, and I love this one, and more. What's left? Once the digital ID has access to this huge, highly personal set of data, the WEF proposes using it to decide whether users are allowed to, quote, own and use devices, quote, open bank accounts, quote, carry out online financial transactions, quote, conduct business transaction, quote, access insurance and treatment book trips, still quoting, go through border control between countries or regions, still quoting, access third-party services that rely on social media logins, file taxes, vote, collect benefits, end quote. Wow. Now, this is not fantasy land, friends. This is what they're working on. This has been in the works for a while. I mean, you have some form. Hell, I mean, your social security was kind of a form of that for a long time. It's obviously was not w- w- that deep of the intent, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised they've already got his uh, cataloged right now. They're cataloging everything, which kind of leads to another story. You know, you know, you talk about digital and digital AI. There's a lawsuit against Google. Now, I will ask you this. When you work on your computer, do you use Explorer? That's Bill Gates. So you know he's going to be collecting. Or do you use Google? A lot of the software I run, they say use Google. Mm-hmm. You know, the, some of the platforms I do other work. Sure. And I'm supposed to use Google. I actually don't like either one. I like private platforms, or you know. Actually, like I, tr- I use I try to use uh, Duck Duck Go. Right. Because you don't want to be. You don't want your activity tracked. Not mm-hmm. doing anything bad, but you don't. But apparently, Google. Now, they just made a change in July to July 1st. They changed their disclaimer on that because they're training their AI. So anything that you do on the Google platform, you could be working for company A, and you've developed a new widget. This widget's going to change the world and make you trillions of dollars, and I send it to you via a secure email, but it went through Google. They consider that open source, and they have free rights to it, and they're stealing from everybody anyway, anyhow, and they're cataloging information. So if you're in talking to your attorney, your doctor, your psychiatrist, whatever it is, your tax accountant, it's all being tracked now and picked up by Google under the guise of uh, we're training our AIs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're, you know, they're out there, let me ask they're you, raking, they're sweeping. Yesterday, I purchased something online, and um, I did it on 
Amazon, which I, I buy a lot of stuff from. They're very convenient. I don't know whether they're politically the place I should be, you know, buying stuff from, but they've become no. such a part of our world, it's hard not to use them, okay? I mean, they just are so convenient, and they're right there, and they're dependable and reliable. Um, but I, I bought a vest, you know, one of these, like, uh, casual, I like these casual armless vests that you mm-hmm. throw over a T-shirt, you know, and it has deep pockets, and you can put your phone in it and stuff like that. So I bought a vest, and I'm looking, at it has a size chart, and usually these things are made overseas. He's, they're made in, you know, some Asian country where everybody's, you know, their biggest person is half the size of me. And um, so the sizes are never right. So I, I'm going down the list, and all of a sudden I see a little paragraph. Based upon millions of reviews and your personal data or something like that, this mm. is the right size for you. This is the right size for you. And it has the figure. And I'm thinking, wait a second. How does it know what I look like? How does it know how big I am or how small I am? How can it make that judgment yet? But it does. It, it looks at all of the history of what you've bought. Maybe you had a, you've been going to that site for 15 years buying stuff, and somewhere along the line you've bought other articles of clothing. In a, in a fraction of a second, it looks at all of your purchases and says, okay, he's a, he's a 2X or a 2XL, right? This is what he is, or a 3XL. That's him. And so based upon his previous purchases, which we won't talk about, we think this would be right for him right now because this is what he's done in the past. I mean, it, well, it, it is so, it, you can't get away from it anymore. You know, every day I get, I turn my computers off. So mm-hmm. every day when I get up, um, but I sometimes when I get up, the computer's on. I'm going, why the hell is that computer on? Mm-hmm. I turned it off. You know, other times when I, you know, turn it on, it wants to update right away. Now, how many damn times in the world does Microsoft have to update its software? For me, apparently, it's every day. They cannot be, I don't see any changes. The only changes I see are, you know, folders on my desktop seem to have moved, uh, passwords that I just put in, mm-hmm. you know, for new software or new new logins you know, have been eliminated. And I'm like going, okay, now I got to go back to, you know, my little red book over here where I write everything down or go into the password, save passwords. And even then, you know, I may have to go and reset the password because every day they're making changes. Think of what they've done. If you bought a car bill, you Mm -hmm. went in and you spent a lot of money, $30,000, bought a brand new truck or something like that, $35,000, and three months down the road, you get a notice from the car company to bring it back in. We had to put a new engine in your car. And they, so you take it back. They put a new engine in your car. And three months, four months after that, they send you a not- another notice. We have to update your engine. We had to put a new engine in your car. Bring it back in. If you mm-hmm. did that with a car, you'd be, you, you would have the lemon law working on your side. You'd be bringing it back, and that would be it. But these computer uh, software companies have made it so – it's commonplace. They have the right to update. You know, and they used to ask you when years ago, is it okay to update your uh, software now? Is now a good time to update? Would you like to do it later? Now they just do it whenever the heck they want to. You talked about your computer being on when you woke up. That's probably because this, the computer world activated your computer. It turned itself on and updated when you were asleep. 
Yeah, I think the software does that because, let's face it, you know, unless you unplug it or turn off the power to it, mm -hmm. there's always something going on inside that computer, which means the software can go wakey-wakey. Yeah, Bill, I, I, uh, didn't, I didn't know this, Bill, but I, I, I found this out this weekend. On Windows 11, it mm -hmm. has something called Quick Start. I didn't know this. I, I, one of my computers starts up like this, like a TV set. I thought, wow, that's fantastic. Come to find out there's a setting which says Quick Start. Which essentially says it when you shut it off, it really doesn't shut off. It goes into like this dormant mode where the screen goes off. But in reality, there's a lot of stuff still working, like you said, in the background. It looks yeah, off to you. It stays on. But you know, I'd like to. I, I wish they'd rebate me some money on the power bill. You know, because obviously your computer has still got energy going through it mm -hmm. may not be much but give me back that damn money give <laughs> me back all the wasted time that i've had fixing what you've done they're not updating their software they are in your computer right spying on you stealing information and have you ever noticed you don't even have to be talking about it or you know you might have done some subtle research oh yeah you know and maybe sometimes that you're on the phone and your computer's off you know, you got a camera there. Unless you block that camera, it's watching you. Unless you not even mute, you have to you'd have to plug in and mute the microphone. I mean, have you ever noticed I wasn't on the computer last night, but I was talking to so and so about this. Yeah. And there it is an advertisement. Sure. I see it all the time. I'll I'll I will casually look at an item and say, hey, boy, I want to see whether they sell this on Amazon or something. And I will, I'll go and, oh, they do, and I'll go back to whatever I was doing. Next thing you know, for the next two or three days, I'm seeing ads popping up on Facebook and places like that about the same thing that I was investigating. Um, and if you sit there and close the ad, it'll ask you, why are you closing this ad? <laughs> yeah. Because you're not paying me a damn thing for my time. Anyway, you know, we've, we've done it again. The software, yeah. Hey, um, uh, I hope you have a good day today. Uh, it's, I hope that what you said at the top of the show isn't the case and that uh, it is an uneventful day for us. But uh, I'm like you. I do think that something's happening in the background and we're on the verge of something. I just hope well, that it's not terrible. Yeah, there are natural disasters out there that could happen, like the dam that could break down. I mean, Mother Nature uh. will do what she does. Um there's major super volcanoes that are erupting right now or getting ready to erupt. I think there's one you in know, Norway, isn't there? One in Norway that's going to yeah, Iceland uh, or something like that? or Not Norway. I guess it's Iceland. There's two or three on the opposite side of the globe that are getting ready to just pop their top. And then you're going, well, it's the other side of the world. But, you know, a uh, super volcano goes, that crap's going to wrap around and, mm. you know, it's going to be a problem. And, you know, old Yellowstone, you never know about it. I don't know if there's anything going on there. Old Faithful down at Yellowstone National Park? Yeah, I hope that doesn't. Uh... Uh, and you've got, uh, actually, uh, we won't go into it, but there's actually two other big, massive volcanoes that have been dormant for hundreds of years that people don't know about. Uh, there's like a line that goes from Yellowstone straight on down to the southwest there. My question uh, is, it, is it natural or is this intentional? I'll just leave it at that. Think about that for a second. You know, if we can influence the weather, can we influence other things? I'm just well, saying. Well, 
That's true. Hey, there's a volcano on the moon that's showing time, uh, signs that it might do something. So, Well, listen, with that, uh, with that we got to pack it up, my friends. If you want to uh, contact us, please uh, do. Our phone number is 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. And there's mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at itsanotherday.com. So you got uh, 10 ways from Sunday to get a hold of us. Please do, because we'd love to hear from you. Please tell your friends about us, too. I mean, uh, word of mouth, it still is uh, very valuable. It means a lot if you uh, have friends who are like-minded or if you have friends who you think should uh, hear about what we talk about uh, because they need to be more educated. (laughs) Uh, Please uh, pass the program on to them. Yeah, we'd appreciate that. But until we meet again, hasta la vista, baby. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>